dub bears. Welcome everyone into Barely Educated. We are here to talk about some actually significant Bears news here in the middle of the playoffs. We are recording this midweek of conference championship week. Chris, how are you? Doing all right. One of these years we'll be talking about the Bears actually being in the playoffs, right? During playoffs. If we get another conference championship week, it's going to be a pod every day, buddy. <laughs> I'm still so excited. Yeah. Riding the roller coaster. Yeah, so uh, we'll get to the games this weekend. We're having to do this on a Wednesday because I'm off to Houston tomorrow, and I'm going to miss mm. big chunks of the games, which has me a little sad, but it's it's for a really great conference, and it'll be fun. Nice. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, I'll stream some on my phone somehow, but um, you know, conference ends Saturday night, but then you got to fly back and all that. But really, though, the lead here is the Bears have – a new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, who many of us had at the top of our list once the Bears decided to keep Fluce. What do you think of this hire? And then we'll get into some of the numbers for his Seahawks offense the last three years. Yeah, on, on paper, looks good. Um, he's an experienced play caller, which uh, is a new thing for... Uh, they never do this. <laughs> right. Recent memory. March, right? That was about the only one recently. March, yeah. And maybe, like, what, Ron Turner would be the other maybe, one? Maybe it's a bad thing. <laughs> well, it's at least... But then uh, you look at the ones that haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, I, there's a crapshoot element to it, I guess. But, for sure. But I do like that he's got some experience. And he yes. wasn't... The problem with Getzy wasn't even, to me, so much that he didn't have experience. It's that he had Rodgers, like... How does that? Yeah. How do you learn anything about the coach who's really at that time just the QB coach? Yeah, I was yeah. I was duped in by that. I thought, oh, he worked with Rodgers. This will be great for Fields. And then, uh, like you just pointed out, he was with Rodgers. What did he really do? What did he really teach? You know. So yeah, yeah. And, and that's an interesting word to bring up, not just because we're professors, but because the Bears keep bringing it up in his comments the other day about the hire. Flus brought up the teaching component in the press conference after they kept Flus when both polls and Flus met the media. They both, I think, at least Flus again, maybe both. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know that teaching as part of the gig came up again. Mm. And I don't want to like be too conspiratorial, but just for fun, <laughs> it does make me wonder if, in Flus's mind, one of the major problems with Getzy was he couldn't teach it to this players well enough, especially Fields. That would make it's sense. A, it's an interesting thing to emphasize. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So. I, I hadn't considered that. And, it, and that's what it looked like, <laughs> you know, week after yep. week, especially uh, early on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that it, it did seem like Floose likes Fields more than Getsy did, you know, and, and the way a lot of the uh, when. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. When what's his name, Division Three guy or Division Two guy was playing, forgot his name Bajan. already. I Bajan. love how you don't even know his name. How could the anti meatball Bajan. composer he doesn't even know Bajan's name anymore. <laughs> oh no! You're no meatball, sir. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've let everyone down. Um, no, I've never been more proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, but when he was playing, and some of the uh, the questions about what is Getsy telling the broadcasters because they are really pumping this guy up, you know, and. 
Um, so yeah, all that to say, maybe Flus was a bigger fan than Fields of Fields than uh, than Getzy was. I mean, Fields' leadership and all the character, he's, he's all the little coaching, unquantifiable talking points, right? That's kind of my problem with him is it's like, okay, but what does it mean on the field, right? Like, it's obviously a problem if you have a big fat zero at that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, I think Flus and Poles like Justin the person plenty. Um, but back to Waldron, because I, I really don't want to do the QB thing today. I just, I don't got the energy oh, yeah. for it. You got to get out of here. I got to go pack. There'll be four months of that, right? <laughs> yeah, plenty of time. Three, month, three months of it left. <clears throat> so here's Waldron's offense under the Seahawks, where he was the OC from 21 to 23. Uh, before I mention that, I will note, as most people probably know this, he is from the McVeigh tree. That's he good. He worked with McVeigh in Washington and was the passing game coordinator for the Rams at one point before ultimately landing as the OC for the Seahawks, which is most recently, and also, of course, the same gig. So that's the part we really care about. But he is from the tree that does tend to do well in the NFL. So 21 to 23, OC of the Seahawks. They were 12th in EPA per play, 13th in success rate, 8th in EPA per rush, which is interesting because you don't think of them as a running team, Mm -hmm. 14th in EPA per um, drop back with – Geno Smith getting his career sort of rejuvenated and then Russell Wilson for part of a year before he gets hurt. And then a really bad QB situation the rest of that year. So it's not like he's had elite, elite QBs. Um, And then yards per play, if you want to do the more traditional numbers and not quite as much of the Sabre metrics, we got them all here. Thanks to Brad Spielberger on Twitter, PFF Brad at PFF Brad. Phenomenal follow. Yards per play, they were sixth. Touchdown drive rate, 12th. Series conversion rate, 11th. Scoring drive rate from their own, from a field position, basically better than their own 40, right? Like when you have a short enough field that you darn well better score, they were 8th. Pass rate, 9th. Explosive play rate, 9th. Play action rate, 14th. RPO, 12th. Deep pass rate, 3rd. Oh, DK factor. Like that? Uh, Um, Yards before contact per attempt, ninth. Outside zone, which is what the Bears are ready to roll with as an O-line, fifth. Inside zone, 13th in terms of play call percentages. Although this is not really what Getsy was doing this last year much. We didn't really run that much outside zone, which I think was kind of silly. But um, <clears throat> third down conversion rate is maybe one of the two red flags for okay. me. Okay. 23rd. However, Brad notes, second in the NFL in converting first downs into a new series, which is elite That's and really good. good on second down as well. So he, he wasn't great on third down, but he was great at not having third down. Yeah. That's good. And good on first and second what, down. What I wouldn't <laughs> give to have him keep that aggression then, because that's one of the biggest problems I have with bringing Flues back. Mm-hmm. And then the other red flag was red zone TD rate, which was only 26th. Yeah, oh, okay, that is, and they had some good wide receivers, too, so that is a little... That's the big question, is what's up with that stat? Yeah. They the rest are, are basically fine. They have O-line issues, though, Seattle. Oh, definitely, yeah. especially up the middle. Mm-hmm. And no run. It's odd. I think he is going to a more talented offense, even with whichever option they go with at QB, if assuming they get a receiver in here. That's what they have to do. said that. <laughs> 
And hey, you know who might be a cap casualty because he's owed 17 and they're over. And you have to wonder how hard they're going to hit the reset button. Mooney? Lockett. Oh, lo oh, I thought you meant the Bears. Lockett. Oh, interesting. Mm. Just throwing that out there for kicks before the offseason really begins. So Wait. there's a lot to like in all that I just rattled off. And I know for some of you, maybe the eyes glaze over with that. But the point is, he has been top to middle of the pack, depending on the number, except for the red zone, which is the red flag. And you say, well, then why are you so happy with the higher? Middle of the pack is what you get when you don't go after these play callers who become head coaches. That's, a good That's the problem with keeping Fluce is you already lost Ben Johnson. Right. Ben Johnson is not calling your plays because he's not doing anything but taking a head coach gig. Yeah, how come uh, any speculation so, on why Waldron has not gotten head coach nod opportunities? Is that just because the Seahawks offense has been in flux with Geno Smith and then in his injury? and uh, uh, I, I think it's – you still have to be like in that – you have to be a little higher than those numbers. Okay, all right. For the most part, don't you? That's a, and I think you, you, a lot of it is, too, just like, do you have a good enough quarterback? Did you make a young quarterback right. look great? Like, Sloak's going to get a job because of his work with C.J. Stroud. Yes, yeah. Gino, it, that's really impressive because he was a journeyman. But, I mean, he's, he's it's like you're kind of like going, well, how much was that with the coach? Just the guy getting just more mature? Like, he, it's yeah. – C.J. Stroud looked great under your offense is a much bigger feather in the cap, even though he's way more talented than Gino. But it, it'll matter more because everybody's trying to do this with a QB. Yeah, Most teams aren't trying to, you know, reclaim a 30-year-old. Yeah. Just interesting that he's been doing this for three years, offensive coordinator and play caller, and he leaves basically taking a lateral career move uh, to the Bears. You don't yes. see that very often. And and his, he did have an end of the interview with the Saints were interested. And a lot of these teams aren't yet looking for their OC because they're still looking for their head coach or the teams in the playoffs who are about to lose their OCs to head coach aren't looking yet. So this is smart by the Bears. Go jump out in front, yeah. get what I think we can call a solid at worst, above average candidate, good at best. He's not elite. Again, if he was, he's not available for this position. Right. That's my take. That's the yeah. problem with keeping flus. You've set the bar lower, but they actually maxed out that bar. Yeah, true, true. They yeah. checks enough boxes to not to certainly like it better than I liked keeping flus in the first place. And to make it, I know you don't want to talk about quarterback, but uh... there is an angle we do need to talk about with it. I just didn't want to do the whole like deep dive on what they should do yet. Yeah. So is your is your angle here the idea of working with uh, Caleb Williams was quite a carrot? to get him over here and maybe even possibly some whispering like, Hey, if things don't work out with Eberflus and you're doing well, we could uh, promote you, you know, could, would polls maybe have. Well, I doubt you take a job if you think oh, I'll replace this idiot head coach, right? Like that's a lot to risk. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't mind it if that happened, if he was good. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. I would say, so I don't think the bears landing on him proves it one way or the other in terms of where they're leading fields uh -huh. versus Williams. But I do think him picking the Bears, if that's how it went down, like if he really was a strong candidate for the Saints too, and he preferred the Bears, that could be because Williams might Williams is one of the better paths any of these guys would have right now to being a head coach. Right. 
do yeah. what Slowick did for Stroud with Williams next year, and you're on the fast track. Mm-hmm. Take a year or two, and you get that time because he's still a rookie, etc. You got one shot with Fields if you're the OC, right? And they go that route. Yeah. So yeah. that that I thought was pretty an interesting kind of way to look at it. Um, but man, who who knows? I mean, especially if you take the lateral career move, in my opinion. It, Seems like it would have. Well, he had to, right? There wasn't going to be a head coaching gig for him yet. Yeah, no. And they kind of lucked out with the Carroll thing. Yes. Him available. Yeah, and then the Seahawks saying, "Take our coaches." (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And he's going to do that. He's already interviewed the receivers coach. Like by the time this week's out, he'll probably have a couple of his pals sign me up for that guy. Because our receivers are not developing correctly. Right. That's and right. they've done a pretty good job there. Certainly one of their sort of niches. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a good hire at most and at very least solid. Mm-hmm. I would okay, agree. My my big question beyond that for you today, and then we'll get to the playoffs. What can the Bears do now that they've hitched their wagon to Fluce? What can they do this season to still get an A grade from you for the offseason? Or can they even do that at all i think the for me the biggest thing is how does the how does the draft shake out you know um especially with the ninth pick like you go on wide receiver there you want to try to find another edge or you know defensive line there um and then later on picks which pulls this seem to be pretty good with you know how, how are you continuing to beef up the roster to me that's really the uh uh, the key thing, and you know, and assuming that they draft Caleb Williams, how does he look after his first year in the league? Does it look like yes, this is the right call? Because uh, more than likely, he would be around longer than Eberflus, right? So, do we have a, a QB for the next? Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> I mean, we want him to be good enough that that's the case. Even if Eberflus yeah. improves, he'd still be. I don't know yeah. how long the guy coaches versus the QB plays, but yeah. So I, t- See, I guess I'd put it on Ryan Poles. What is he doing with the draft and, and continuing to uh, fill out the roster, add depth to the roster, catch up to Green Bay and Detroit? Man. Uh, Going to take the North. Good luck. You've yeah. got one playing for a Super Bowl and another in the playoffs that almost beat the one seed with yep. their first-year the starting QB. Yep. yep. The North, uh, actually, both Norths have a pretty decent chance, I think, to end up the best two divisions in the league next year. Yeah, that's the thing. The Bears could make major strides next year and still end up third place in the division. They sure could. I agree. Uh, For me, the answer (laughs) to that question is no, they cannot get an A. Okay. The the ship has sailed with the A because they kept Floose. It's like if I have to give a student a revision on a paper, I'm not letting you have an A. You, You don't get the same opportunity that the people that got it right the first time get. And you've already gotten this huge thing wrong. This was your chance to sync it up yeah, and not have to worry about losing the coordinator. Though I will say, if again, I said it last time, if that happens, we're all thrilled because the QB kicked butt and the right. coach was good and they were actually productive in the passing game for once. But you still are making things more difficult for yourself, and I'm not going to just gloss that over just because the free agency and the draft were good. But I would love for the free ag- agency and the draft to be good enough to bring me up to a B+. Plus. And then this time next year, we're sitting here saying, yeah, Williams was good as a rookie. He's going to be coach-proof soon. Mm. And the QB can be the bomb that 
soothes all the pain if we can ever get one right. Um, I, I do think to get that B plus, you're going to have to draft a QB. The Justin Fields scenario is not a B plus scenario after this thing. Guys, uh, just, it's so hard not to talk about it. <laughs> That's the most. He just doesn't hit the first play. read when the first read is open. He doesn't throw it when he does see it, or he's looking at it and somehow doesn't recognize it. It's it is crippling that he can't play with timing and he won't take open shots in the middle of the field, especially. Like it's it. That's it. Game set match. And I only mention it because of all the comparisons to Lamar Jack Jackson with his success with the Ravens this year and now obviously this week mm-hmm. and possibly into Super Bowl buildup. Justin is a mile away from Lamar as a pocket passer. He has a better deep ball, but he doesn't do any of the rest of it in the passing game better. Mm-hmm. And it matters. It so you have to move on as hard as that is for many of us. Uh, and I think you happen. have to get a receiver and you have to get somebody on the D line. You do in a center, you do those four things and I'll definitely be in that B range and hopefully B plus. Can you maybe they can trade nine for uh, two later picks and get a wide receiver and a defensive or a first and a later first and a second? Maybe here's your crazy dream scenario. They still have no second, so yeah. You ready for the crazy dream scenario? I saw some some fan retweeted their mock draft from PFF. You know that tis the season. He had traded. I don't even know who it was. He had traded Fields and the nine and some change for the number three pick and some change with the Patriots. Oh. So basically he, he was going for the cost of moving up from nine to three is fields. Wow. And I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. One and three. So now, like... now I might be like, okay, fine. An A minus. If you manage to come out of the draft, <laughs> you get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison jr. Is that what you're thinking? That would be uh I take that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you come out with those two, you can't be too upset. Oh, I I don't see him going to New England, but uh, Fields that is in a trade. But no, that'd be pretty. It's crazy. It's I'm not saying it's like even remotely likely. But yeah, we can dare to dream. All right, yeah. so we are on the eve of the conference championships. Yeah. What have we learned that might be applicable to the Bears through two rounds of playoff games? Um. The, number one, they're far away. <laughs> that was from from getting to this point. Yes, I think we should have a standard where we want them competing for a wild card berth, though. Yeah, um, and then they get the doors blown off by a, a real team. But yeah. kind of like uh, what twenty twenty against New Orleans. Yeah, they. Uh... We have to be. We have to quit being perpetually trying to figure everything out. Mm. Sadly, well, they yeah. they should be better next year. I mean, even, yeah. regardless of yeah. Um. You know, it's kind of a tangent here, though. I was surprised that the Packers today fired uh, Joe Barry, their defensive coordinator. It seemed like... Well, he was terrible for two years, and then okay this year, and then they fired him. That's what's weird about it. Well, that's what... And the last couple weeks, they were... I mean, they finished the end of the season strong, and then shut down Dallas, and to an extent, uh, San Francisco, too. So... Man, uh, I hope they get that higher wrong, because there's enough talent on that defense. Yes, yeah. But anyway, that kind of leap to uh, leapfrog into the talent gap again is just that they're still on both sides of the ball, and it's only one year away from the teardown. So I guess that kind of makes sense. But there are still lots of holes that need to be uh, plugged in on on both sides, and the defense is close. I think I mean, it's just frustrating that Green Bay can transition from Rodgers to Love and barely skip a beat. 
<laughs> and the Bears are like, we don't have a quarterback. We got to tear everything down. Everybody yeah. sucks. It's like, we, like, can we even get the lines right once? I mean, that's the other big difference in these franchises. Yeah. Big, I think big. the lesson for the Bears is it, it's a Rorschach's test, like the whole draft the QB or build the nest. I mean, I think the nest is good enough to a point. It's not like you're walking into one of these dumpster fires as the number one pick. But so I think you can find evidence of either approach on a certain level. But I think the Texans are the best example because look what can happen if you can pair the right coaches with the right quarterback. It can happen immediately. It's not yeah. common, but it can be done. Yeah, second worst team to uh, playoff team. Not a bad jump. <laughs> and they beat down a team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they had no chance against the Ravens. I get that, but yeah, man, no, no like, shame losing to them. Yeah, that day would be rough as a fan, right? But you're still looking at the season as a whole. We would all be thrilled if the Bears won the division, won a playoff game, and then lost. We'd be like, "That was a great season. We're on the, on the climb." Right. So right. they've shown that. I think that's the biggest, most applicable thing to the Bears. Um, and then. I don't know. There's just a lot of like interesting things I think that I don't know if they really apply that much to the Bears specifically, but like Philadelphia botched the coordinators and just wow. fell apart. Unbelievable collapse by the Eagles. I mean, they they almost won a Super Bowl last year and just the last last five or six games, right? They just went in the toilet. Lost at home to Arizona. Yeah, yeah, and then not competitive, frankly, in the playoff nope. game disinterested and then i just you know i know we get sick of the chiefs i'm certainly in that camp even though i picked them to play the niners when the playoffs started <laughs> even though the bills my preseason pick were still there look what it does when your qb is awesome right the running game opens up pacheco runs hard yep. but the, the, come on that's also because mahomes is sitting there yep. it doesn't matter that kelsey's like 80 percent of his former self and that they have one wide receiver mahomes is utterly unflappable rookie too and he, they feed off of the fact that he's never worried, never worked mm -hmm. up, and they just keep winning these games. You know, um, something I did learn with the Bears, uh, specifically with that Chiefs-Bills game, is that uh, if Fields absolutely maxed out his talent and potential, he's closer to Josh Allen than Patrick Mahomes, right? Would you? Sure. With that? Yeah. Where it's like, holy cow, how do you do that? Oh, what are we doing yes. here? Yes, yeah, in terms of making plays. Well, Allen is awesome. I mean, Allen's career playoff stats, 27 TDs, four interceptions. Again, I'd be doing backflips if we had a quarterback I, doing that. I know I get that, but the fact is Mahomes was still the better quarterback oh, yeah. when it came down is. to it. And that, that type of quarterback. That, I mean, he had one big scramble. He's oh, he's he's so smart when he runs Mahomes. It's, an, it's almost ridiculous. Like, yeah. The joke is true. He's always just as fast as he needs to be and no faster. Right, yeah. No. <laughs> How is it possible? The, just what, yeah, when it when it came down to it, he made the plays and and Allen didn't. It's, but I can't. He pretty much it. always just makes the play. I know that's what I mean. So I want I want that guy. Hard hitting analysis. <laughs> yes. Saying, yeah, shut up, man. Shut up. No, no, I'm saying me saying he always oh, makes the play. Okay. <laughs> no, that's why I would draft Williams because people are like, oh, you can't comp him to Mahomes. Yes, I can. That's the college tapes comp. Mm. Oh, he's not going to be Mahomes. Fine. Give me 80% of Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I don't understand that as a criticism. Like, oh, he's not Mahomes. Yeah. But he's close, so, oh, no. We better avoid him. <laughs> it's so Ooh. dumb. The conversation can be so dumb. 
All right. So anyway, that's that's what I learned. We talked about quarterbacks in the pod that we weren't going to talk about quarterbacks. <laughs> but we're not we're, we're not talking about. You can't have a football ooh. pod and not talk about the quarterbacks, right? Not what are, what are the Bears going to do, but just what other teams look like. Like Jordan Love was better than Brock Purdy, you know, until the end, and then Purdy had a really great drive, and Love pulled a Favre. Yeah. Oh, that was that was beautiful. It was. <laughs> and and, uh, and there was George Kittle's George comments Kittle. the other day. He gave us always a, comes through for us. Gave us a nice nugget too the other uh, yesterday on Pat McAfee. I may have to drop uh, that into the pod. I'm, I'm sure our editor will uh, <laughs> throw that in here somewhere before this thing gets released. Maybe. Go pack. Go the f- home. All right. I know you're busy, and I know I have to pack. So let's yep. pick them. Okay. One seeds versus the three seed. Ah, both conferences. Two o'clock. Casey at Baltimore. Baltimore. Favored by three and a half. So, so basically, Vegas basically saying it's as close as it could be. Yeah. Uh, Rainy, supposedly. I, oh gosh. I know on paper it looks like Baltimore, but uh, I, it's just hard to pick against Mahomes and Reed. You know, they had an off year. They had his worst year, right, as a pro, Mahomes? This is his bad year. Yes, yeah, this is his bad year. So. Not for him. <laughs> So, I guess I'll take Baltimore in a close one. I bet the Chiefs cover that. Shout out to Buddy Bryant. I think, there you go. I think Baltimore's better. And they have yes. a much more complete roster. Yes. I think okay. they have the actual MVP mm-hmm. this particular season. And like I said last time, which was before the first round of the playoffs, I'm still not picking against the Chiefs until proven otherwise. Even though I'm... Frankly, I am kind of tired of them. Yeah. But I guess just to be different, I'm going to keep saying that, and I'll pick the Chiefs, even though I do think Baltimore's a more complete team. Yep. And I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, Detroit think- at the Niners. Niners favored by seven. Not so only. Vegas thinks they're going to get the ship righted in the passing game, is what that line tells me. Because they pretty much had to run to beat Green Bay. Not only do I think the Lions cover... I'm picking the Lions straight up to win, my friend, because I like Aiden Hutchinson against Brock Purdy. I'm pretty much basing it on that. So give me the Lions in a close one headed to their first Super Bowl. We're going to kick you in the teeth. That would be a wild couple of weeks. I just think it comes down to coming in. You could argue they come in playing a little better. But Purdy's so good this year. I mean, I know the talent around him is really good. It's another I, one of those things where it's like this guy had a season that we would all kill the Bears quarterback. I know, kill but, for the Bears quarterback to have. I know, but, but he Green didn't Bay, look great for most of that game. Right, Green Bay almost took him down, and Detroit's got a better line, better defensive line. Uh, secondary's not as good, but man, I liked line play in these big games. Your fat guys against my fat guys. You know, so that's I think what... I disagree with you that they have a better D line. They okay. have one guy. The Niners have Bosa, Hargrave, whatever's left of Chase Young. <laughs> I think actually the way Green Bay came in playing, they beat a better team than the Bucks. Oh, the Bucks are playing really well too. Yeah, they are. Baker Mayfield bought himself some more years in the league. Just looking at some numbers on this game. Jared Goff had forty five hundred yards. Crazy. Oh. Amon Ross St. Brown had 119 catches and 1,500 yards. 
boy. Ben like Johnson it. is a stud coordinator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the Niners at home. I think they learned from the end of that Green Bay game to quit going away from McCaffrey. It was killing me. Just like run up the middle eight yards, <laughs> run up the middle eight yards. Stop doing it for half a quarter. It's like, would you give him the ball? Uh, it's tough, though, because you feel way better about them if Debo plays, and you don't know yet here on Wednesday if he's yeah. playing. Yeah, very different. So like, I almost want to hedge it based on that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Buddy Brian, Buddy Brian, I wouldn't touch this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, so we got some disagreement. This is awesome. You suck, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, we, you can come in in uh next show and, you know, rejoice. Either over way, it. it'll be entertaining because one <laughs> of us can – well, we can either be, you know, one guy gets to gloat over the other or we both got one, right, or whatever. Yeah. But we picked all we picked different teams in both games. That's a first, I think. About time. Which means I'm wrong, I'm sure. So we gotta get those disagreement clicks. That's right. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Yeah. I'm gonna throw something at my computer screen. Wait, no, that doesn't help. <laughs> all right. Well, take us out of here since I know you've got teaching. Yeah, I gotta yet. go teach. Gotta shape young musical minds here. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Barely Educated. Check out our website, buymeacoffee.com slash barely underscore educated. We will send you a t-shirt if you join our honor roll for $3 a month. Also, shoot us an email, barelyeducatedpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials at barely underscore educated. Enjoy this weekend of football. It's often better than the Super Bowl Sunday itself. And we will talk to you next week. Uh, the Bears. George Kittle. A hero. Not the hero we deserved, but the hero we needed. Go Pack, go the f*** home. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. Packers lose. Go Pack, go the f*** home. And that's a real shame. I- all the bears.